Hey, good morning to all of you. Uh, my name is Brian. I'm one of the pastors here, and I have the privilege today of, of introducing all of us in the room to week three of a series that we started at the beginning of, the no- of November called Who Stole My Thanksgiving? Because I believe that, that in so many ways, shapes, and forms that all of us, even in our desire to to communicate, communicate gratitude to our Heavenly Father or in our efforts to, to kind of remain thankful just kind of in general for, for the things that we have, um, there are a lot of things that work against that. And that's what we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. And if you haven't been with us and today is your first time or your first or second time, and we love new people here at Fusion, and we'd love to have the opportunity to get to, to meet you and uh, and just kind of connect with you so that we can all kind of continue to walk this journey of faith together. Uh, so if this is your first time, what we'd love to have you do is spend just a few minutes during the service today to fill out the bottom portion of the program that you got when you came in. Uh, we call that a connection card. And if you'll take that to the hub, just located just inside the doors as you came in, we have a gift there for you. That's just our way of saying that we're really glad that you're here and you chose to come and hang out with us for the first time. And so we'd love to connect with you. So we'll, we'll give you a gift in exchange for your card. And then we'd, if you'll allow us, we'd love the opportunity to follow up with you and just, just get to know you, man. We, we love new people. We love to hear how God is moving in your life or how we can help you see and feel God move in your life. That's, that's what we're about here at Fusion City. So if you're hanging out with us for the first time, man, please take a few minutes to fill that card out and drop it off by the hub on your way out today and receive your free gift. Um, to get us started today uh, on, on the idea of one of the things that can steal away our Thanksgiving, I want to ask a question uh, to all of the parents in the room. You don't have to be a parent, but, but parents, I know, experience this. Show of hands. How many parents? We got parents. How many of your parents? All right, good. That's a, that's a pretty good majority of us. All right, if you're not a parent, but maybe you're a teacher or you work with kids or you've ever seen a kid um, or if you ever were a kid, how, how many, all, right, so, all right, so parents, teachers, um, I was a kid or I've seen a kid. Show of hands. All right, so that's still the majority of us. Uh, I guess the rest of you are aliens or you're just not going to raise your hand despite anything that I ask you to do. Uh, and that's cool. We, we don't force participation here. We just pick on you if you don't do it. Um, so here's something that I notice about children. They feed off of one another, don't they? If one of them is angry and they're around a bunch of other kids, they're all going to be angry. If one of them is hyper and silly, this is where you see it the most. Hyperness and, and silliness, man, they, like you get two hyper kids together, it, it, it's bananas. Like it's so bad. Like just the, 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 the level of, you teachers, God bless you. We got a lot of teachers at Fusion City. Man, I feel for y'all. Y'all put 20 kids in a room and let them all feed all of each other. Lord help you. Um, my wife's a teacher. I, I hear the stories. But, but here's the thing about kids. One kid can get another kid going, and then you get two going, and then it's like, it, it's like this exponential multiplication of hyperness or, or, or silliness or just activity or anger. Like they feed off of one, one another. It's, it's cyclical, right? Like one starts, and then they get another one, and then they get another one, and just it ro- like the snowball effect, right? You got the snowball. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and better and better or worse and worse, depending on what we're talking about. Right? Same, thing, same thing is true for us even as adults. We, we tend to, to feed off of the people around us. Uh, I've noticed this really specifically even in my own life over the, na- the last couple of months. Uh, for those of you that have been hanging out with us here at Fusion for a while, you've, you've heard me tell parts of my, uh, my ongoing saga of, of home building. Um, so we've been, 
We've been working on the house uh, a lot here lately. We're getting close to moving in. We're a few weeks away from, from being able to get into our house. We're super excited about that. Thank you for all of you that have been praying for us and helping and everything. But here's what I've noticed. Like even when I'm at the house and I've been down there all day and working and uh, I'm, I'm kind of tired. I'm about ready to call it a day like I'm giving up or whatever. That's usually the time that a friend will show up. I'm like, hey, we're here to help. And like, all right, fine. And, but but here's, what, here's what I'm noticing. Like when somebody shows up to help, all of a sudden I have this, this renewed energy to kind of get back at it. That I can feed off of their energy and work longer and, and, and do more and accomplish more in a given time period when there's somebody else there that hasn't been working all day and they're all fired up. I'm like, let's get it. Let's build your house today. And I'm like, okay, let's go build my house today. I've only been out here for 14 hours. You know, it's, it's kind of like that, right? So that, that's kind of what I'm noticing, that there's tremendous energy in, in how we feed off of each other. And it's, it, again, I see it a lot in kids, but, but even in my own life, I, I see and I feel the effect of people around me. That's what I love so much about this church, man. There's so many people in this church, my friends that feel like family, that that encourage and and I feed off of that. I'm challenged by that and it's awesome. Which is why we talk so much about connect groups. There's your plug, all right? If you're not in a connect group, you need a connect group. You need people that you can feed off of that are like-minded and are gonna point you in a good direction because life is cyclical. But here's the thing, if we get caught in a negative cycle, it's bad. It's bad. And not so much just what we feed off from other people, but even in our own lives. If we get caught up in in negativity, just being negative, it's it's cyclical, and we need somebody to kind of help us course correct at that point. But you've, you've probably experienced this. I hope that all of you have on some level. Like kind of one thing goes wrong and you guess you're kind of feeling down. Now that you're feeling down, it's a whole lot easier to find more things to be negative about. Am I, am I lying or am I right? I'm right. I do this like this. Yeah, you're right. We, we know we're in agreement, right? One thing happens like, oh, man, that was terrible. I really hated that. And then it's almost like your antennas go up of what else is going to go wrong, kind of that idea. And then so you, you, you kind of become hypersensitive to the next thing that's going to go wrong. And when you're looking for something to go wrong, it's not hard to find something that's going to go wrong. And then when that thing goes wrong and now your, your sensitivity to it increases even more and then there's more negative and then there's more negative and there's more negative and, there's, and before you know it, you're in this downward spiral where everything about life is just terrible. And, and all, of your, all of the ways that you feel and all of the things that you experience and all of the posts that you make on Facebook and all of the, like, everything is so negative. Because... Life is, is cyclical. And when you get caught in that spiral, man, it's, it's a long way down to the bottom, isn't it? If you've ever been there, we talked several weeks ago. Uh, Cameron preached to us about depression, kind of that, that perpetual sadness that we feel. We can, we can all land there, especially when we get caught in a cycle of negativity. And that's the, the, the thief of Thanksgiving that I want to talk about today is how we get out of or how we stay out of or how we help other people out of these these terrible cycles of negativity because nobody wants to live there I I don't believe I don't think that anybody wants to to just kind of live in that that season or that 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 pit of of negativity and so what's interesting is 
that Jesus talked about some other things that are cyclical, some good things that are cyclical, some things that, that if we can figure out how to do these things, it can help us to break the, the downwardly spiraling cycle of negativity and find something good in our lives. So let's, let's read together out of Luke chapter 6. If you have your Bibles and you want to turn Luke chapter 6, or if you want to follow along on version, we're going to put it there. Oh, we, we have put it there. You can also... Um, Read with us on the screen. Luke chapter 6, verses 36 through 40. Jesus says, but love your enemies and, and I underline a lot of them for you, ready? And, and do good, do good, do good things. And, and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Now we're going to get some more things that we can do. Be merciful, even as your father is merciful. Judge not, look, watch this cycle. Judge not and you'll not be judged. There's a good cycle, right? Don't judge and you won't be judged. Condemn not and you will not be condemned. That's a good cycle thing, right? right? No, no, no condemnation for me. Give and it'll be given to you. And not just good, but a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. You see that? It's, it's, it's cyclical. You do these good things. Do good, lend, give, be merciful, don't judge, be forgiving, condemn, don't condemn. Do all of these things. And in the same way that these things are done for you, they'll be done back. To you. Verse 39, it says, he, he, also, he also told them a parable. We've been talking a lot about the parables of Jesus the last couple of weeks. He also told them a parable. He said, can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. And here's, here's what I want us to see in this, this passage that we're reading together. Jesus gives his father in heaven as the standard by which we do all of these things. He says, be merciful as your father in heaven is, is merciful. Give and it'll be given to you. Well, who, we talked last week, who's the giver of all good things? Well, that's God. So the good things that we're gonna get in response to our willingness to give comes from our heavenly father. And he doesn't just give a little, he, he presses it down, shakes it so that it all settles and then adds more so that it's pouring out of the top. Now that's what, that's what Jesus said. This is how God's gonna give to us when we give. This is how God is going to be merciful to us when we're merciful. This is how God is going to remove condemnation for us when we stop condemning others. He's pressed down, shaken together, running over. That's how God gives. That's how God is merciful. That's how God is not condemning. That's how God is forgiving. And we should follow suit. And then I love the parable that he said. Because He's, he's talking about how we should look up to our standard as God, but he's also giving us a directive for our lives as to how we should, should lead others in the world. He says, can a disciple be greater than his master? Can, can a blind man lead a blind man? No, somebody's got to see where they're going in order for the other, other to be led. And this is a directive for us. This is a command for us that we should be leading the way as followers of Christ. We should be leading the way in mercy. 
We should be leading the way in forgiveness. We should be leading the way in generosity. We should be leading the way in how we forgive others. How we we refuse to condemn. Because we, we can't take someone else somewhere that we've never been or that we're not going. You can't lead someone to a place that you're not headed. You see, I, I believe that Christians should be the most optimistic people on the face of the planet. Why? Because we have a heavenly father who gives, who's merciful, who loves, who's forgiving, who doesn't condemn us, but gave his son for us as a sacrifice that we might walk in freedom. Like we have all of that. Yet I meet so many followers of Christ. They just seem to be so negative. And I can't help but wonder who they're leading and in what direction they're leading those that follow. Can a, can a disciple be greater than his teacher? Maybe you're thinking, well, Pastor, well, I'm not, I'm not leading anybody. I, I'm not anybody's, not anybody's teacher. I'm not anybody's master. Nobody's following me. Now, I'm not, I'm not in charge. I'm not over anybody. I'm not, I'm not called to lead or to teach. Can I disagree with you? For, for those that I'm assuming are having that argument with me in your minds right now. Let's read this together. Matthew chapter, four, uh, chapter 5. Verses 14 through 16. Again, this is Jesus speaking. And he says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, Let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So if we were to say, oh, I'm not leading anybody. I'm not anybody's teacher. Like I'm still trying to get this figured out myself. And I agree with you. We are, all of us. None of us are perfect. None of us have this thing all figured out. But here is the charge on our lives given to us by our Savior Jesus. That you are the light of the world. And the reason that people are going to give glory to your Father in heaven is by the good works that they see in you. Let me ask you again. As Christians, if we're negative... And down and we just, just stay in that cycle. Man, man, what good works are people going to see in us and give glory to our Father in heaven as response to, to our complaining, to our negativity? If, if we are the light of the world, you guys remember that message? Remember when we chanted that together? I said, we are, and then all y'all yelled, light of the world. Y'all remember that? For those of you that were here? I got like six people going. I guess the rest of y'all are new. All right, we, we just turned over the whole crowd in like three months. We're, we're the light of the world. Christians, how bright is your light if you're always down? 
And so th- this is what I was thinking this week. All right, so I'm going to tell people. I'm going to stand up on stage in about a week, and I'm going I'm to de- demand that all of us be optimistic and positive. How do you tell them to do that? How do you tell people that, that they should be optimistic when there are so many things in this world that, that I've experienced and I, I've been, please don't hear me say that I'm always Mr. Positive. Right, please, you, if, uh, there are a lot of you that know me and they're like, hypocrite. Like, you know, like, I, I get, I, chief of sinners, right? like, I get it. But, but listen, we, we shouldn't stay there because we have so much. And so I was, how do you tell people? What do you tell them to do? If, you're, if people are, if they feel like they're always negative and they agree with you that they shouldn't be negative because they're supposed to be the light of the world, then what are you going to tell them they should do to fix it? And then I didn't come up with it. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, got, I, got, I did come up with something. And this is what I came up with. If you want to write it down, here's the big idea for today. You can write this down. I am not optimistic based on how I feel. Because there's a lot of times that I feel pretty negative. I am not optimistic based on how I feel. I am optimistic based on what God says. So what does God say? What does God say that should make us be, since we can't feel it, optimistic. I'm glad you asked. I got a lot of them. You ready? We're going to go rapid fire. All right. Here we go. Ready? Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 and 23. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Psalm 56 verse 4, I praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? Nahum, when's the last time y'all read Nahum? Nahum 1 verse 7, the Lord is good, a strong refuge when trouble comes. He is close to those who trust in him. Psalm 27, verse 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? Isaiah 40, 28 through 31, have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Romans 8, 31, I'm still going. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Philippians 4, don't clap yet, we're almost there. Philippians 4, 6 through 9, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience 
God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. And last but certainly not least, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. He says, but you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. Yeah, now we can clap. I am not optimistic based on how I feel. I say this pretty regularly. It's become a mantra inside the Fusion City Church office. You can't help how you feel in a lot of situations. <laughs> we can talk about that if you'd like to come. We'll talk about it. You can't help how you feel. That'll make it right. Because I can feel the same. I can feel very differently about the same situation that you feel very strongly about. We can, we can have differing feelings, which means one of us is probably wrong. You can't help how you feel. That doesn't make it right. So I am not optimistic based on how I feel because I don't always feel optimistic. But I can always put forth a positive mentality because I believe what God says. And I read you eight out of about, oh, I don't know, 80 or 90 of those that I found. I thought about doing all, but I didn't have that much light of that. I'll never get through it. And you guys probably left about halfway through. So eight is, eight is all you got. But there's so, so much more. So let me, let me make a sidebar. Let me make a point and then we'll, we'll go back. All of the things that I just read, all those verses. I read those from the, from the New Living Translation in Scripture. Were any of those impossible to understand? Did any of those require any, any clarification from me as to what the truth of those? You guys get those? You get it? Like, made sense, right? Like, those, those seem pretty, you follow, right? Like, nobody's like, I don't know what he's talking about. None of that, right? You guys are good? See, see here's one of the things that, that I hear from time to time. Because if we are going to be optimistic based not on how we feel but on what God says, then we have to know what God says, Right? I mean, that's logic. Like you just do like this. Yeah. If we are going to be optimistic because of what God says, then we have to know what God says. And he wrote a whole lot of it in here. They make them in all shapes and sizes and colors. You can get a pink one if you're a girl. You like girly stuff. You can 
but here's what I hear from people. I don't read the Bible because I don't understand it. Come on, man. That's a cop-out. That's a cop-out. We just read eight verses of all the reasons that we need to be optimistic. All the ammo that you need to fight back against the world when it fights against you. When life hits and you need to hit back, you've got a resource. But if you don't read it, if you're not in it, if you don't know what God says, then the only thing that you have to lean on is how you feel. And though you can't help how you feel, you're not always right. And you need some good news, don't you? Don't we all? You you, you, need, you, need some, you need some rounds in the chamber. You, you need some bullets. You need some ammo to, to hit back, to fight back when life gets hard. Because, because what's the alternative, right? What's the alternative? I feel negative. I find more negative stuff. That makes me feel more negative. And then I find even more negative, and I'm negative, and I'm negative, and I'm negative. And all, in all of that negativity, I fail to be the light of the world that God has called me to be for the rest of the world. But imagine with me what it would look like when we're negative. Just go find what God says about why we should be positive and to read all the wonderful promises and truths of Scripture. every Every time we give in, to that cycle of negativity, we lose lose the battle of our mind. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says that we are to take every thought captive, to, to capture every thought. You have to think about what you're thinking about. And if you want something positive, if you can't find anything positive to think about, You've got a great resource for finding some positive things to think about. When, when I get low and I feel pretty, pretty ratty about my week, man, I need to go find Isaiah chapter 40 and, and, and learn the promises of God that I can, I can run when I feel weary. And I can walk and, and not faint. You know, every one of us, we, we wake up in the morning with a thought about how our day's going to go, don't we? We wake up and first thing in the morning is, like, all right, t- today, yesterday was terrible. Today's going to be a good day. It's not, not always. It's not, it's not always a good day. How we respond when things don't go the way that we want or things don't go the way that we thought they were going to go says a lot about what we are feeding into our soul. And if you are feeding negativity into your life and into your soul, it's not going to be very hard for that thing that happens during your day that you weren't counting on to derail the rest of your day. But imagine, again, just, man, just dream with me about this. Imagine, imagine a day where everything falls to pieces and you still find the strength the hope 
to move on through the promises of God's word. Now, remember, remember how we said that the kids feed off each other and then we feed off of each other because we don't ever really grow out of that? Think with me now about all of the people in your life that, that are outsiders looking in to your story, that are gonna see you encounter trial and devastation and hard days and bad situations and things not going the way that you want. And they're like, hey, Brian, like everything in your life is falling to pieces, man. Like, are you okay? Dude, I'm good. Got Jesus? Got promises? Of God? I'm good, man. Are, are you okay? Like, we need, like, we need, like, what do you mean? You're like, what have you been drinking? Like, you know, what, what, what are you on? Dude, I'm on Jesus. Like, I'm on Jesus, man. Yeah, every, yeah. Is, did, did I want it to go that way? No. Did I want to not move into my house until two weeks from now? No. But I got some Jesus. And I got some hope. And in all the things going wrong in my life that, 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 that I have no control over, and they're, they're trying to steal away my thanksgiving and trying to steal away my joy, man, I'm just not going to let them. What a tremendous impact on your life, and that's awesome. But imagine the impact on the lives of those around you who get to see you come up against adversity and then respond like a, I don't know, Christian. Like somebody who has the hope of Christ in their lives. Imagine the impact that makes for his kingdom. Because what was the promise of Jesus in Matthew 5, that we are the light of the world, that they will see your good, they will see your light that is shined before men. They will see your good works and they'll do what? They'll give glory to your Father in heaven. You could be the catalyst for a cycle of positivity in somebody else's life. Now, we're not one of those um, like motivational speaker type churches. Right? We, we teach the truth of scripture, but this, but this is a truth. Like, this is not just all like smoke, unicorns, and rainbows. Like, listen, like, life is going to hurt. But, but we have the option as followers of Christ to take hurt and use it for the good of the kingdom. But it's all in how we respond. And if, we are, if we're stuck in that downward spiral of negativity... You don't have the means to respond in a way that gives honor and glory to God. So, so let me give you a couple of things that, that, that I hope you'll do. I hope you get around some people that, that can help break your cycle of negativity when you get stuck there. You need to get around some people that you can feed off of their positive energy to get out of your cycle of negativity if you're in one now or you know, ever will be in the future. And you need to know what God says. You need to know what God says. Because you're not always going to feel optimistic. But you can always find something good in the promises 
of your heavenly Father who loves you. So let me offer you a challenge. Let's do this collectively. There's, I don't know, there's probably a couple hundred people here. Let's do this together this week, all couple hundred of us. Let's find a way each day this week to be the positive light of the world to somebody else. Now that's really ambiguous and general and generic. I don't know what that means, which means that you're going to have to put forth the effort to figure out what that means for you and the person in your life each day. How can you make somebody else's day every day this week? Whether that's buying somebody's meal in a drive-thru, whether that's tipping a waitress a little bit extra, whether that's just sending somebody a kind message or email or something. I don't know what that looks like for you. Like taking one of you, somebody that you work with doing some of their jobs so that they don't have to do it. I don't, I'll try to come up with as many examples as I can. But I'd rather you just figure out how you could be the light of the world to somebody else this week every day. I'd really encourage you to take that outside of your family. Like that's, I'm all about loving your family and being good to your family. But I hope that you're trying to be the light of the world to your family most of the time anyway. Well, let's, let's go a little further. Let's, let's take it outside the scope of those that are closest to us. And let's bless some people this week. Let's, let's break some cycles of negativity in other people's lives. For the glory of the kingdom and for the, so that they will see our good works and give our Father in heaven praise. Can we do that? We can do that. Can we do it? Can we do it? You guys looking at me like, I don't, yeah, this is, let's, let's do it. Let's just do that together as the body of Christ, being the body of Christ. All right, now, we need to pray. This is gonna be hard. This is what typically happens. We, we embrace a challenge like this. Monday goes great. Tuesday's a little hardy, harder. Wednesday is like, that's it, I'm done. Like, all right. So let's pray. Let's pray together that God would give us the strength to be the light of the world he's called us to be this week. Father, we love you. We're so grateful for your amazing love for us. And God, we want to be the positive, God-honoring light to those that walk every day in darkness. And Father, our enemy wants nothing more than for us to not do that which means that for us to embrace the challenge to be light to somebody else every day this week is going to be met with our own adversity and persecution by our enemy. So God, we ask that you would embolden and empower us to be the positive example of your hope to a dying and lost world this week. God, we need you because we are not strong enough to do it without you. Father, we are so grateful for the truth of your word, for the promises that are enclosed within, those things that we might hold on to when life hits the hardest. And God, I'm not naive enough to believe that hard days aren't going to come and that negative feelings aren't going to creep in, but God, I beg of you that you would help us find or remember would probably be the better way to describe it, God. Would you help us to remember your goodness, your love, and your compassion for us? God, we want the world to know your son, Jesus. 
And the last thing that we ever want to be is the thing that they can't get past to see him. So God, mold us, shape us into the likeness of him that we might be a shining, bright light example to those that need it. Thank you, Father. We pray these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.